0: As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it. And it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. another edition of Second Chance Coaching. As always, it is my pleasure to join you on another week of your re-entry journey from whichever corner of the world you're listening from. We always remain humbled and excited that you've decided to spend part of your week with us, and hopefully you and yours are doing well, and you're doing well as we continue to go through the holiday season and ending 2023 strong. On this side of the world, this week is the beginning of final examination week at the college. You know, for most of us who've been in school, no matter what level you're speaking of, final examination week is hectic for professors, students, almost everyone, because it's the time in which we're starting to close down the semester. But I remember even when I was a student, I'm not, I don't forget the sympathetic, I don't forget being sympathetic to students in this regard. But I remember even from a student's point of view, you know, when you're coming right back from Thanksgiving, you're studying for tests, completing presentations. And there's just so much going on to wrap up the semester that you deal with as a student. And of course, you gotta do it as a professor as well. So I really see I really do see both sides. And I always say for students, and I and I also say for my faculty colleagues, the best way to get through it is just really simply one day at a time, one class at a time. But speaking of in higher education, final exam examination week is particularly stressful from the faculty side as this is the time of the term in which you hear the stories of how every family member was sick, how family members have died, work obligations become overwhelming, and other creative stories that come out of the woodwork. Now, I don't wanna say that a lot of issues are not legitimate issues, you know, but one could fairly say that it's easy to get get compassion fatigue, even if the stories are real. And I always believe that the stories are real. but, but I asked for official documentation and things of that nature. But when you start to hear a lot of the same stories over again, especially when you hear things that could have been avoided, one could get compassion fatigue because you hear those same stories over and over again. And you realize that if students would have made the decision to speak you early in the semester, then a lot of those issues could have been avoided when we're at the 15th or 16th week of the semester. Now, overall, like I said, it doesn't mean that students are lying. Uh, you know there are students who have legitimate issues. Legitimate things have happened to them, but but like I said, to allow things to snowball, and then the expectation is, as the professor, you need to solve an issue that's built that's been building up for over fifteen weeks, and in week sixteen, you need to solve that, and then that's pretty tough to look at a look at a student and say you are going to solve that in one week. Now, the students who approach you humbly. I could say for myself, I really try to go out of my way to help them. I have meetings with students today. I'll have meetings with students tomorrow, all the way up until when final examination, uh, final exam week ends um, by the end of this week. So really, I take the the time to really try to meet with them. But I will say it does take a long time because as the semester loads down between my full time teaching load and my adjunct assignments, I've taught a, a total of, close to a little bit, or probably a little bit above 350 students this semester. Now, all 350 students don't need the assistance, but let's say fairly only 10% of students need extensions or extra credit or things like that or some sort of accommodation. That's still 35 students that need that extra attention, extra time, and extra grading that has to be done for each of them individually. And that is presuming that they do everything correctly. I had one student who met with me last week, and I allowed her to do a lot, of the, a lot of this makeup work all the way back from October. And at the time of this recording, every assignment she submitted to me via the electronic learning system has been a blank page, a pure, just a blank page. Now, she could be having technical issues, but I have to respond to her, and I did. And I'm hoping to get a response in time for her to complete these assignments and allow me the opportunity to grade the assignment. Now, what I'm talking about right now, these are just the students that are being nice to you. I will not even bore you with the with the details of students who are entitled nasty and just borderline disrespectful or really cross over the line of being completely and explicitly disrespectful. But even those students, you have to rise above and show them the example that they're supposed to be. Cuz when you're in this real when you're in this working world and you need something, You have to have a cool head. So I have to show them the example of having a cool head and keeping everything to the facts and not going into emotions as to how I deal with them. But, you know, speaking of going to emotions, my weekly condo HOA update will be an interesting one for sure. But for now, let's stay on final examination week. Today, I had a group of students come to my office with various needs, and most of the needs were needing extra time, extra credit, you know, the things that we've talked about before but ultimately they didn't really have any significant legitimate reason other than they just didn't do the work and they were lazy and they were looking for a last minute reprieve. What I did give them was a reminder of their responsibilities, which I'm sure that that lecture, (laughs) that's why they came to my office. I'm sure they wanted to hear Dr. Lewis's lecture instead of just getting the reprieve. But I did remind the students that when the semester started 15 weeks ago, I asked each and every one of them in class, why are you here? And what do you want to accomplish? Now, when you ask those questions, most of the time students will give you a lot of the answers that you want to hear. But I remembered sharing with them a few tidbits. One of the tidbits was telling them not to overthink college. I have to give credit to my friend Sam Crowley, who does the podcast Every Day is Saturday. And his philosophy is to to do simple better, which is simply don't make things complicated, make it simple, but make sure that that simple thing is better and you do it with excellence. The other the other saying that I share with students is, is a saying that's not mine, but I'm sure all of you have heard it and that is good habits produce great results. And how do you do and how you do anything is how you do everything, which is simply the habits you bring to school, how you treat your loved ones, how you come to work, How you pay your bills, how you clean your room or your house has a universal theme. If you're organized, it shows. But also if you're sloppy, that shows as well. The key to that success and knowing how to center that success is knowing what your personal values are. And to get to that place, you have to determine what are your personal values. This is the blueprint. The personal values, this is the blueprint as to who you are, how you show up how you succeed, how you fail, and ultimately how you recover. Now, I didn't forget to talk to you about the condo HOA because the personal value dynamic comes into play with that situation as well. Um, when you, If you're listening to this podcast on the day that it drops, tomorrow, Thursday, December 7th, we'll have our annual budget meeting. And because of the condominium laws and how this has affected insurance rates in the state of Florida our HOA maintenance fees are increasing a whole lot. Now, every time I walk out of my condo apartment, I now have to make sure that I give myself 30 extra minutes before I really actually have to leave because without fail, I get stopped by residents, residents I know and residents I don't know. who are always complaining about the fees and telling me that they're not going to pay and we should do something different. Now, I can't speak for other associations, but our board, even with our problems, because our board certainly has not seen things on, on the same in the same way. But even with our problems, we've been transparent with the building and with the challenges of the building. And if someone and if someone's values, you know, and if someone's values are being manifested through their anger and attempted intimidation, even in the light of us trying to be transparent with everyone, then we're not really solving any problems. You know, in my case, I really try to be a ferocious planner. And I shared with everyone a couple of months ago that if we work together and have multiple conversations with other insurance agents, you know, talk to the insurance agent that insures your unit, maybe we could get a different answer with insurance. Maybe we could get better, a better cost involved. I spoke to two or three agents myself, and I really didn't get any different answers than what we already had. Some of the answers that I got were actually worse as far as how old our building is and things of that nature. But I said to those resident owners, besides me, there are 64 other residents owners here and no one took the initiative to speak to anybody, any agents that they knew. So why why would that responsibility be left up just up to me or certain people on the board? This made me think, you know, talking about students and what they're doing and even the people at the condo, it really made me think of, of life and one's re-entry journey and 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 how do we determine and live by our personal values because the things that we do whether it be showing how we show up to school or how we show up to a condo meeting is really dictated by our personal values our code our mission statement our blueprint now this is the now this is now the, our personal values and that blueprint is how we live. And like I said, how we how we succeed, how we fail, how we recover, how we show up. Now, when I first came home over 22 years ago on work release, you know, we were subject to random drug testing. We were subject to visits, random visits to our home and visits to our place of employment. So one knew you had to be where you said you were going to be. So if you're going to be at work, you, you had to be at work. If you had to be at home, you had to be at home and you had to live a clean life if drugs were a challenge for you. Now, in the times in which you first start work release, you know, you split time between the facility and home. And when we would be released to go home on consecutive days, we'd be released early on a Saturday morning. And even in New York City, it was really early on a Saturday morning. So even in New York City, the city that never sleeps, those early morning subway rides going home were really quiet. There were not many people on the train. And uh, so either you were quiet, quiet, going home by yourself, or you were involved in conversation with the other gentleman you you left the facility with. And those conversations range from what one would be doing that weekend and work release, even if you talk about what you were doing, 90% of the time you'd be at home adhering to curfew. And you you, you talk about, like I said, you talk about what you'd be doing that weekend, talk about what the future would hold for you. And I could listen to what the other guys would talk about, and I could tell which ones would be successful and which ones would struggle because i could hear through their voices and through their, their their takes on things the values they live by and 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 that was through the things that they were saying and and what they were prioritizing but it wasn't until i started doing reentry work that i thought about the importance of really the building blocks of one's personal values has to one's reentry journey and not only one's reentry journey, but the importance that it has to want towards one's life. They're really the compass to the decisions you make, the GPS map to get from one place to another. Now, we're not perfect. You you don't make the best decisions all the time. I don't make the best decisions all the time. But in my case, I really seek to be extremely conscientious of the decisions that I make and how they affect me immediately and in the long term through those personal values that I have. Now I think of the of the core personal values that I have and how they guide me in everything I do. Here are some of my personal values, but they're not limited to what I'm sh- what I'm sharing. There's more than that. But, you know, I, I thought about it and I, you know, took out my notebook, and those are the ones that I thought about when I took out my notebook and I had a chance to write them down. And let me share some of these values and think about maybe they match what you're doing as well. And th- these, these personal values of mine are as follows. Achievement. Assertiveness, balance, belonging, boldness, calmness, clear-mindedness, compassion, fairness, faith, family orientedness focus, freedom, fun, generosity, goodness, positivity, practicality, preparedness, professionalism, Reliability, Rigor, Commitment, Community, Compassion, Contribution, Courtesy, Grace, Growth, Happiness, Honor, Humility, Independence, Intelligence, Selflessness, Serenity, Stability, Strategic, Strength, Structure, Success, Empathy, Order, Effectiveness, Enthusiasm, Dependability, diversity, love, loyalty, leadership, joy, justice, intellectual status, making a difference, understanding, truth seeking, trustworthiness, tolerance, thoughtfulness, thankfulness, and teamwork. That's a lot. (laughs) I know these, even though that's a lot, I know those values are just some of the things that make up who I am. And I know if I had the time to, to to think about some more i could have thought some thought of more but have you thought about what are your personal values what makes you you how are you built how, how what is the blueprint that makes you who you are you're probably thinking how how do you go about how do i go about defining those values and making those applicable to me now i use the better up blog i love the better up blog and you can find the better up blog at www.betterup.com And when I was developing some of the core values I shared with you, it gave me six tips on how to define my own core values. And they could help you define your own core values. So let me share these six tips with you. Number one, think of the most meaningful moments in your life. What made those moments meaningful to you? How did you feel when it was happening? What led to those moments? Number two, think of the moments you felt the least satisfied. This could be the opposite of your most meaningful moments? What were some of your worst experiences? Have you felt unfulfilled at work? How did you feel when the jury found you guilty? How did you feel when you were being sentenced? How did you feel when you were coming up short on something you were trying to accomplish? How did how did it make you feel? What led to those moments? What are those values that led to those moments? What are those values that you wanted to peer away from? What are those values that it brought out in you? Whether it be you know, least satisfied or most meaningful, what are the values that were brought out in you? Number three, pay attention to what stories inspire you. Those feelings, those characteristics of those stories, that what appeals to you the most, that speaks to what you value. Number four, figure out what makes you angry. What matters most to you when you get angry? How does it make you angry? What are those, what are those red buttons or what are those push-button dynamics that make you angry? It'll determine your value, what you value. Number five, imagine your ideal environment. What makes you the most content, happy, satisfied, excited? What is it that you want? When you when I talked to friends of mine, even about retirement, they said, they said, Richard, what, what would be your ideal retirement job or scenario? What would you do in retirement? I said, I'd love to travel the world and just eat food. That's what I would want to do in retirement. And then number six. Review the accomplishments you're most proud of. What did you do? What was the impact of those accomplishments? Why those particular accomplishments? What are the values that those particular accomplishments brought out, those feelings that they brought out? And then that helps you identify those values. Now, let's continue to build on that. We talked about how to define your core values. But it's not just determining what your personal values, but how will you put those into action? Let's build on not only how we've how we've defined those core values, but how will we build them and put them in action? And then how will you be able to live with those live with those values and put them in action every day and live with more authenticity? Let's let's go through a couple of things. Number one, create a list of your priority values. I just listed a whole lot of values for you before they may not be everything that I that I value but they're just some of them. But what are my priority values? These are the values that no matter what, summer, spring, winter, fall, happy or sad, you live by these no matter what. Those are your must-haves. That's that's what is must-have, that has to must-have in your life, no matter, no matter what. Number two, use your values to set your goals. We've discussed this before by using the notebook and using the vision board, Your goals and values are always aligned and should be aligned in what you're striving for in the short term as well as the long term. Because what you value, you're going to work towards to what you value. Your goals will be set based on what it is that you value. And number three, allow for exceptions. Where do you make exceptions? Maybe along the way, something that you thought was valuable to you was not particularly valuable to you. So identify where's your flexibility. Now, it doesn't mean that you're giving up on these values, but maybe you now But now you're redefining it, refocusing it, crystallizing it. But remember, where can you be flexible as you learn more and more about your reentry journey? Number four, strengthen your values with good habits. Remember what I said to my students? Good habits produce great results. Do not let a busy life let you lose track of your values. Write down your personal mission statement. Write in a journal. Meditate. Pray on those values. Print them out. Carry them with you. Have them remind you. Of, of, of have those values there so it can remind you of what you're striving for. And number five, practice your inner work. Explore and connect your inner your internal self to the world around you. Basically, make the changes necessary to live your values every single day. So that inner work to say is, I said, okay, the world is around me is this way. This is how I got to live in my values and make it out to live in these values every single day with the world around me, irrespective of what's going on around me. So really spend the time defining, redefining, refining your values, crystallizing your values and live by them and continue to adjust to them, you know, as to how you want your blueprint to be paved. And you, and I assume you want that blueprint to be paved with success. It's not easy work. It's hard work, you know, when you're trying to determine your personal values and live by them, whether you're Working with students, keeping yourself accountable, um, doing you know working at, with a condo HOA, working with folks at work, like I said, working on your personal growth, but it's all possible. It's right there. It's right there for you. So we're in the holiday season, as we talked about right now, and this is a great foundation, not to have a New Year's resolution, but a really reshaping and a reconstructing of how you're going to live your life with more purpose. Direction and consciousness built upon these personal values that you're going to be developing. I really want to thank you always that um, that you decide to share your time with me this week. Thank you for continuing to uh, spread the second second chance second chance coaching to your friends, family, and loved ones. We see the numbers, we see people listening, we see our friends in Germany in Hessen, Germany listening every week. So continue to spread spread the love. We love you doing that. Thank you again, as always, for joining us and and continuing with the next topics that we have. All the topics that talk little by little to succeed in life and to succeed on our reentry journey. I look forward to sharing those sharing those with you. Thank you again for joining us, and I look forward to spending time with you again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at at SecondchanceCoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.